0: Uh, verses 1 to 12. Let me read. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the, to- uh, the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed Coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Let me just pray for Matthew as he comes up. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this story uh, that reminds us of the truth of the events around the birth of Jesus. Uh, we pray you'd help Matthew as he speaks to us about these verses. Uh, we pray most of all you would speak to us by your spirit through your word to our hearts, so that we may love you more and know your love more closely. We pray in Jesus' name.
1: Thanks, Sam. Morning, everyone. It's good to be here. Good to see you. Sorry, my glasses are steamed up. I'm afraid I haven't got a joke ready. What? <laughs> I feel feel like it's traditional. Someone comes and tells a bad joke. but I don't really have one today, so you'll have to bear with me. Um, Sam's given me 15 minutes, so do shout if I go over it. <laughs> 1501, and I stopped there. Let me stick a hand up. Okay, Matthew 2. Um, you might have noticed there are no shepherds in Matthew. Um, there are no magi in Luke. Um, but each of those Gospels, after an account of the birth of Jesus, have an account which shows, in essence, how should people respond to Jesus. And it sets the scene then The rest of the gospels, which then focus on Jesus's ministry as a grown up man heading off to the cross. Um, So, here we are looking at the Magi today, and we're thinking about how do we respond to Jesus? What do we see in this chapter? Um, And I'm just going to focus on really what do the Magi tell us that is an encouragement to us. Um, But let's start with the message. If you respond to Jesus, you need to know. What is the message of Jesus? Who is he? What is he about? Um, Look at verse two. These are the Magi coming from the east. This is the message they have heard. Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. The King of the Jews. That's the message the Magi heard. Let's get down to verse four. This is what King Herod thinks it means. He gathers the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and he asks them where the Messiah was to be born. So the message about Jesus, he is the king of the Jews, he is the Messiah. Now, this is a very message we say a lot about, we hear about, we should hear regularly um, This is Jesus, the king, come to rule Israel, and through ruling Israel, rule the world. Come to make everything right. Come to fulfill hundreds of years of hopes and dreams of one people in particular, Israel, but actually of the whole world, that someone could come (laughs) and make things right again. And this is who the Jewish people were waiting for, and this is who the Magi have heard about, Jesus, King of the Jews, the Messiah. <laughs> and if you want to look at verse two and think about the star, which is how did the Magi get this message? Well, if you went to Numbers 24, verse 17, you would find Balaam. Do you remember the story with Balaam? He was called to curse Israel. And he was taken up, to look down from different places across Israel to curse them. And he couldn't do it. God wouldn't let him do it. And at the end of his failure to bring curses on Israel, he was then given a prophecy with which he spoke. And he spoke in this prophecy hundreds of years ago of a person. He said, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter, that means a ruler, will rise out of Israel. So, hundreds of years ago, in the Old Testament, there is this expectation that a star will come, and that seems to be what the Magi have got hold of. And we don't know what this star looks like. We don't know if it's something in the heavens, if it's something supernatural. But what we know is this magi people from a long long way away after hundreds and hundreds of years have got the message that the star has come that the king of the jews is here and they come to worship him so that's our message from Luke two that's our message really every week here isn't it that is the gospel jesus born king of the jews to make everything right But how do we respond? How do the people respond? Well, there are two, there's actually three responses here. Um, I'm going to skip Herod and his response. The reason being he's in the next chapter. But I want us to look at the people and the leaders. The people you would expect to respond to this message with something like joy, celebration, expectation, hope, How do they respond? And then just think more. How did the major respond to that message? Well, have a look. I'm going to make you do a little bit of work. Have a look at the leaders. Have a look at the people. Scan your eye over the verses. And see what you can find about what they do. Now, they've all heard the message. That's clear in verse 3. When King Herod heard the message, the major were coming, the king of the Jews, they're looking for him. He was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. So don't have the idea that three people on a camel snuck in and sneaked into the palace. Have the idea that a number of important looking people marched into Jerusalem, probably with a very large retinue, Probably with serpents, soldiers, camels, donkeys, whatever, a big crowd came. Think about the whole of Jerusalem hearing about this, and hearing this message. They've come for miles away. They're looking for the king of the Jews. How do they respond? Can you find anything in there? I don't think you can. You can find that the chief priests and the teachers of the law respond to Herod. But apart from that, there is nothing here. There is no sign of the people of Jerusalem following the Magi, going off to Bethlehem, or doing anything about it at all. They've had that same message. They've got insider knowledge, haven't they? They are the people that's meant to be waiting for the king. They are the people that now get this strange news that someone has come from miles away to say that a king has come and are looking for him. And the chief priests and the teachers, what do they know? Look at verse 6. Look at verse 5 where they're talking to Herod. They know where he's going to be. Herod says, Where's the Messiah to be born? Well, in Bethlehem, in Judea. This is what the prophet's written. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Now, if you were the chief priest in Jerusalem, and Bethlehem was seven miles down the road, which it is, and you believed the words of the scripture, which you taught week after week, they said a ruler will come from Bethlehem. And if people turned up saying, we've seen a star, where is this king? Where has he been born? Do you not think it would be a good thing to do, to go and check it out? They do nothing, no response at all. Hence my little bullet points up there, which is slightly lame, but never mind. (laughs) The same message is heard by everyone. They have insider knowledge, but there is no response at all. And that spells sin, doesn't it? Because ultimately, the people who say they're waiting for Jesus here, they're not really waiting for Jesus. They don't really want God to show up and change their life. They don't want their lives turned upside down. That's actually the message of the chief priests and the teachers of the law through the Gospels. That's the message of Herod and his anger. The message, please leave us as we are. It may not be great, but I'm living my life. I'm ruling myself. I don't want to be turned upside down. That's the message of the people here and that, isn't that the world we live in today people may think oh this world is not great such a mess Boris is such a sham covid is such a disaster my job is so tedious school is rubbish whatever there's lots of things you could think about there think of the numbers of different ways you could say this world is not right but actually think about what's needed to change it People generally don't want it. They don't want to be changed, do they? Now that is depressing. And that's discouraging. And that, I'm afraid, is one of the things about Christmas. Inviting people to come and hear about Jesus is discouraging, isn't it? How many people have you asked over the last however long? Year after year. Here's an invite. Would you you love to come? Oh, great. Thank you very much and nothing that's the people here but there are magites. let's move on to the next slide the world will worship here's the thing to focus on here's the thing to be encouraged by verse 2 there are people who live miles away who are convinced aren't they where is the one who's been born king of the jews we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. There's no doubt in their minds here. They're not sort of questioning, thinking, hmm, let's go and find out. That might be interesting. They are convinced that the king of the Jews has been born and that he is worthy of worship. And they have come to worship. They have come from a foreign nation of culture. They may have come from Babylon. They may have come from Persia. That's the word Magi, it comes from those sorts of parts. Babylon is Iraq these days. Persia is Iran. One of them is 1,000 kilometers from Jerusalem. The other one is 2,000 kilometers from Jerusalem. They have probably come from the court of a ruler. They're sort of scientific advisors, advisors to the king. They're like the people back in the... Remember Nebuchadnezzar? Remember the dream he had that he couldn't understand? And he gathered together his sorcerers, his officials, his advisors to say, what are the, what's this dream? What's this about? They were that sort of people. They were important people in a completely different nation, completely different culture. And they came to what is essentially, in those days, a backwater. And I've said the distance, 1,000 kilometres, 2,000 kilometres. That might take three months. That might take four months of hard travel. At a big cost. They came with soldiers properly to keep them safe. They came with servants to carry their stuff. They brought with them gold. They brought with them frankincense. They brought with them myrrh. Frankincense is the incense that you would use in a temple. It was hideously expensive. Myrrh is the stuff that you would embalm people with, embalm royalty with this. This was hideously expensive too, both much more expensive than gold. They spent a lot of time, they spent a lot of money to come and to worship. That's F-I-A-I-T. Well, how did this happen? If you think back to those people in Jerusalem who had all the knowledge of a culture that had been waiting for a Messiah and lived in the land where the Messiah came and they couldn't be bothered to go a few miles down the road. They could have done it in a day but they didn't want to. How come these people came so far at such a cost? Well, because God was at work, wasn't he? God was at work in a way we probably won't understand until we meet them. It doesn't really say, but God was at work so that people from thousands of miles away maybe relying on some message from a completely different culture hundreds of years ago and then seeing a star which they had to try and interpret. Through that, God gave them the message, my king has come. you better go and you'd better go and worship him. And no matter what it costs, it's worth it. And so they came. So that's the encouragement here this morning for us. There are people who will come at whatever the cost to worship Jesus. Whatever the cost in terms of family life, disruption to their way of life. Overcoming that fear of being a fool, of maybe stepping out from from the way things are to come and explore. There are people who will do that. Not because they're special. Not because there's sort of magic people out there who will do stuff, but because God is at work and he is determined that people will come and worship his son, just like these Magi did. So, next slide. i oh, sorry, that is the next slide. Um, but what does the coming of the Magi tell us? Well, it tells us that the gospel will succeed which is the thing we need to remember as we go into a new year. The good news about Jesus will conquer this world. It has already conquered this world. By the end of this gospel, Jesus will be giving a message to his disciples to say, go out and conquer this world with the gospel. Make disciples in all the nations because I have risen from the dead. And the coming of the Magi here shows us that that will happen. The gospel will succeed. Men and women from all around this world will come and will worship Jesus. So let's be encouraged by that today. The gospel is powerful. It will succeed. So whatever happened to your invites this Christmas, whatever happens in your family with that auntie who's not interested, whatever happens, the gospel will succeed. And secondly, think about the priorities that the Magi took on. All that distance, all that time, all that cost. Why? To worship Jesus. It was worth it. So whatever worshiping Jesus looks like for you, this year coming, it's worth the cost. It's the best thing. It's the only thing in the end that lasts, worshiping Jesus. It's a picture at the end of the Bible. Nations gathered around to worship the Lamb. That's where we're heading for. It's worth the cost of doing that. It's worth getting up. It's worth when you're tired praying. It's worth coming and being together. It's worth not doing other things that get in the way. Worship is worth the cost. That's the message for us this morning. So, be like the Magi. Don't be like the people of Jerusalem. And may God help us. Shall I say a prayer? Dear Father God, we thank you that you are at work in the Magi. You changed people so that they will come at whatever the cost to worship Jesus. Please change us where we need to be changed. And please encourage us to go out and tell others we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks, Matthew. Uh, we have a moment of quiet. We're going to sing our next song as well, Um, but just give you a minute to reflect on that. And uh, the next song picks up on um, uh, the story of Jesus and uh, some of the things Matthew's been talking about uh, from the squalor and borrowed stable.